0: Friday the 13th Horror Podcast is a proud independent podcast. To learn more about the show, visit Friday13.com. Huh? Where am I? Hello?
1: Hello, Maddie. Do you want to play a game?
0: Well, I'm strapped down with no way of getting out, so, uh, yes?
1: Good choice. Now tell me. Trick or treat?
0: Oh, Definitely treat. Seriously? I are, are, are you sure? Yeah, a, a treat. Is, is it a Snickers? Please say it's a Snickers. No, it's not a
1: Snickers. Your treat is mandatory watching of 90 Day Fiance for 128 hours. No! <laughs> oh.
0: It hasn't been good since 2020.
1: It's episode 108, Halloween 2023. I am the writing on the
0: wall, the whisper in the classroom.
1: I'm Marjorie Green, and I approve this message to save America, stop socialism, and stop China. Stay We honor thee from life to death. To rise.
0: Horror in real life. Doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong. Horror
1: in, in the memory. movies. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Nowhere. Because there's no one like you left. What do we want? Justice! When do we want it? Yeah! I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. Sometimes,
0: that is better.
1: There's one magical, haunted evening each year when all the scary creatures come out to prowl through every neighborhood. But here's the scariest monster of all. Do you know why? This little witch doesn't know it. But she's taking some frightening chances of being hurt. Maybe badly hurt. Her costume is very, very dangerous. Can you see the things that make it dangerous? What about that mask? She can hardly see through those tiny holes for her eyes. If you were wearing that mask, here's what it would be like. You can see straight in front of you. But unless you happen to turn your head, You wouldn't see that car coming as you start to cross the street. You could be run over. Happy Halloween. It's Andrew from Fraggy, the 13th Horror Podcast. I'm joined by my very good co-host, Maddie. Hello,
0: I'm Maddie. Hello. Happy Halloween.
1: And if this is your first time joining us, where have you been? But also, this is the podcast where we talk all about horror, horror in real life, and horror in the media. And this is our annual Halloween special. Uh, would this be the fifth or the I think sixth? It's, I think it's our,
0: well, no, I think it's our fifth because we started in February.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So our fifth annual Halloween special. We've done these a little bit different every single year. And once again, we're changing it up. (laughs) um, We're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to tell some spooky stories for all of you spooky people out there. but. For our horror in the media section, we decided what what can we do that's a little bit different this year. I mean, we've done the versus episode. You can go back and listen to uh, what was it, Hellfest versus Bloodfest. You can listen. Oh, that to, was a good one.
0: That was fun. Um,
1: Hell House versus the uh, houses that October's built. Uh,
0: there, so we did those we did for ho- a couple we, years. We did, we did we did Hocus Pocus one year. I mean, like we we've sort yeah. of run the gamut on like Halloween movies. And look, you know, they're they're never going to be totally out. But this time we were like, well, what if we just did like documentaries, which we haven't really done before? And Spooky so like documentaries. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, these these two I really, really enjoyed. Um I just I had a I had a blast watching them. I think that they they really give you a lot to think about. Um mm-hmm.
1: and I'm really glad that we made this choice. Yeah, it made me want to watch more of these because Agreed i think that we i mean and go back i think literally it might be episode two or three we kind of shot ourselves in the foot with doing documentaries <laughs> early on with demon yeah. house oh God. um
0: <laughs> but demon, it was fun demon house demon house was uh it takes a lot of effort to watch you know
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, coming up, you'll hear a little bit more about Cropsy and the house in between. Uh, but before that, we're going to talk about horror in real life. We're going to have a little bit of Halloween fun. But also before that we got to talk about a little bit of certified terrifying shit that's going on in the world because you know what, that's what we do. We we yeah. talk about what's what's scary and sometimes that's the real world. And <sighs> Maddie, tell me a little bit about what's going on in the scary real world. Andrew, I'm here to report that the world sucks
0: um, <laughs> and it is very, very bad right now. Uh, I'll start with the fun one first. Um, apparently SAG-AFTRA Told actors not to dress up for Halloween, like <laughs> you know. I, I I think that's ridiculous, and I yeah. think like look, I, I stand up for the union, blah 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 blah, and this strike that just seems like it's literally never going to end. Uh, I mean, it's been going on for for how long now? A couple months. It's, it's, I think it's longer than that, even though isn't it? I mean, it's. I feel like it's been going on for like six months. Maybe I'm totally well, wrong here, but.
1: I, I think why you think that is because the, the writer's strike right, right, right. started right, right. first fair and enough, then fair it kind of, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, even still, look, I, I'm, I'm all for unions and all the rest of it, but telling your actors not to dress up for Halloween as characters that they are in the movies. Come on, dudes. Just like, I don't need anyone regulating Halloween. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. stay away from it. Don't go there. I'm not here for it. I think that's stupid. So like. Love you, Sag. After I love all unions, but that was a dumb move. Um, yeah, it's r- we really weird,
1: and yeah. I I don't know if you. Well, I don't think that you probably feel it as much being in yeah. Europe, but we're definitely feeling the after effects of both strikes both the writer strike and the actor strike yeah yeah that um, makes sense as like as like fall tv starts to because i mean listen we're we're of a certain age and tv all like in, in in our in our world always started in the fall like that's when the new sitcoms would come out that's when the new stuff would like premiere like that kind of stuff it's all reality tv it's yeah. all reality tv because they didn't have writers they didn't have actors they still don't have actors and we're starting to feel it because there's not a lot out there that's actually like story driven and like actual yeah. i don't know it, it's stupid but like i it yeah i'm definitely starting to feel it as well, far as yeah like, i uh, mean i
0: th- I, th- I think this is i mean i mean, look both the writers and 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 the and the sag strike i mean this is well, at Sagaftra, this is stuff that's going to leave a dent in like in, in like productions for. I mean, God, we're, we're going to feel this for probably the next two years. I would imagine.
1: Yeah. You so know, I I feel it out there for the people that <laughs> are basically just trying to make the $20,000 a year to be yeah. a part of SAG-AFTRA I mean, so
0: <laughs> my 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 sister's one of them you know my my sister rebecca she she's an actress she's part of the union she's had to stop any of her work um you know thankfully she she can um teach classes and stuff and you know do other stuff in nashville but like you know that this matters to people that the strike needs to come to an end and the well, the executives need to get to the table and end it already come on i think
1: I think what, pe- and I won't spend too much more time on this, but I think what people don't understand is that SAG-AFTRA is in, uh, essentially to a lot of these actors that are part of it, it's their insurance. It's yeah, it's how exactly. they get health care. It's how they get dental care. It's how they get anything because that's like what they buy into. And like if they're on strike, they can't make money, so they can't buy into their insurance. And so that's awful. like... It's it, it it at the basic human level like it just needs to come to an end yeah, it, I it has to now we'll move on
0: to um, the next one in America that is uh, just sad and, and not surprising right um, we're recording this on October 29th and you're gonna hear this on Halloween day so on on the 31st of course. Um, and it was 2 nights ago uh in Lewiston Maine that a uh i'm not even going to say his name
1: that no, we a, never a, a, a from gunman, now on yeah we're not from now on anymore. when this happens we don't say the name i'm sorry I, no, you don't get it, you don't get it
0: yeah, <laughs> like, i completely completely agree um but this motherfucker went um to two different places in Lewiston Maine which is a little town in like the southwest corner of Maine um and he killed 18 people and injured like 50 or 60 others i can't remember what the exact exact number was it was at a bowling alley and at, and at, and at a restaurant um just awful and you know this is this is now you know every year there, there's always the biggest mass shooting in america this is the biggest one now um very sad and you know it's like the onion headline it, it's it, the, the no way to prevent this says the says the country that can absolutely prevent it every single time and the thing about this dude though that is really interesting is that he was a firearms instructor and so this is somebody who knew guns very well, knew gun safety, was teaching people how to use guns. I think that he might have also been in the military. From one story that I heard, I mean the 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 stories about this are awful. He has been killed. I, I did see that uh, late last night. So he is he's dead. Um, and you know what? Good. I like. Sometimes I I feel like with with certain criminals, let them rot in prison for the rest of their lives. I gotta tell you. I don't feel that way much anymore, if I'm being honest for people like this. I'm actually glad he's gone because the world the world doesn't need him. I, I don't know how else to say it. You know, I just it's terrible. It's terrible what's happened.
1: I never want to wish violence on any person. But if you are going to be the person that's going to be inflicting it, I don't know what to tell you. What happens to you happens to you. I don't know. I agree.
0: I totally agree with you. <laughs> Um, so that's that one. Um, and then uh we'll talk about this one next. uh okay, so it since for the past three weeks now, um Israel and Hamas have been at war. Um, it is mind bogglingly terrible the situation um and you know you know look I, I I don't think anyone needs me to give them a rundown of what's happening. You already know what's happening um i have I, I don't know about you. But I have found myself in a really interesting uh, predicament or situation. I'm not really sure how I describe it anymore. Okay. I, I don't, I, I'm watching, I, obviously I'm watching what's happening there and I feel terrible about it. And if you remember from the last episode, I'll I, I you'll hear me talk about how I had just booked a trip to Israel because it's one of the places that I've always wanted to go. It's like a bucket list trip for me. Um. Uh, and so like, I just say that only to let you know that, like, I think about this place a lot, you know, and as somebody who's really interested in religion and in history and, you know, just all these philosophy, all these things, this is a place for the world, not just for Israelis or Palestinians or Muslims, or it doesn't matter. Like it's, I I think of this as a place for everyone, right? I mean, like, think about it, like everyone is connected to this place in so many ways. It's such an important part of, of human history on earth. And, um, you know, I'm watching everybody else talk about it. You know, I'm watching yeah. my friends talk about it. I'm watching my family talk about it. I'm watching my Jewish friends talk about it. I'm watching my, you know, my Muslim friends talk about it. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm in this space where I just feel like I'm going a little bit insane because yeah. I'm, I'm seeing people who say that they are human rights activists and then they're not talking about. The hostages that were taken by Hamas and the people that flew into Israel on fucking paragliders and went to a festival with young people dancing for peace and massacred them. And the ones that they didn't massacre, they stole and raped and tortured. And no one seems to care about it. And I got to tell you. It drives me insane, Andrew. It drives me nuts. And I, I you know, I, I talk you, you, you know, Bobby, right? Yeah, and yeah. We and have, we have this mutual friend, Bobby, and Bobby's Jewish. And I was talking to Bobby about it recently. And Bobby, and this is our friend in Chicago, and Bobby said, you know what? The, the anti-Semitism behind all of it has just been simmering for a long time. And people have been waiting to point a finger and say, I told you so. And say, it's their fault. And that's what I think is going on right now. And here's the thing: if 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 you listener are finding yourself getting mad at me right now, let me tell you this. First off, Israel is is a country. I get it. And like I don't support Benjamin Netanyahu. I think Benjamin Netanyahu is a right wing religious zealot nutbag. His whole cabinet they are nutbags. But you, we we cannot deny. That what people are doing out in the streets, taking down uh, the, the, the photos of the people that have been kidnapped and, and, and are hostages, you know, be- beating up Jews, uh, uh, making people feel it's so, so unsafe, that is rooted in anti-Semitism. I'm sorry, but it is. And I can't believe I'm watching people that I respect and that I love fall into the trap of it. And it makes me furious. I don't know. How do you feel about this?
1: Listen, I'm. I'm gonna be honest with you. I am not as read about Jewish culture, about anti-Semitism, but what I do know is that basing hate off of religion yeah. is, not po- is not the point. Is not the point. Religion, for me, anyway, uh, I've said it many times. Religion for me is about bringing people together, not about driving people apart. So if you're using belief to harm people, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) So I agree that that's like literally all I have to say about it, because like this this whole basis of. Literally trying to control any human that you don't it, it it's it's mind-boggling to me because we, we we as humans have this like innate thing that we just want to control everybody and we yeah. we use religion, we use politics, we use food, we use exercise, we use literally anything we can to just control other human beings. And honestly, I'm fucking sick of it. <laughs> like yeah. literally if if they're not if they are not harming your life, leave them alone.
0: Yeah i i, I think it's I think it's really fucked up, and it's really you know, fucked up. it's It's very fucked up. And like, look, I'm not saying that like the like the 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 weight of of the Israeli invasion is right either. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. We, but we can like, we can have like, but the people are missing the nuance of it.
1: Exactly. And the, That's we, what I'm trying we, to say. Yeah, yeah
0: the, the the nuance of it is that like, look, I I believe that Palestinians are human beings that deserve dignity and life and happiness and goodness. And I believe that Israelis also deserve those same things. And I can also say right in the middle of that, that Hamas is a terrorist organization. They are not freedom fighters. I can say out loud and understand it is the truth that Hamas massacred and murdered people. That's what they did. They didn't, they weren't fighting for freedom. They weren't fighting to free Palestine. They were fighting to kill Jews. That's what yeah. they were doing. And that's what people, I, I think people are scared to say that now. And I, I, I refuse, you know, I, I think about all of the wonderful, amazing, I, I could start crying about it. The, the, the amazing Jewish people in my life that have been such amazing friends to me, great family that that I love. I I and they are so scared right now because people are too afraid to say that anti-Semitism is ruling the day and we shouldn't be scared to say it. So I'm putting it out there and that's that.
1: At the end of the day sick. Anyways look at the end of the day. We'll leave that where I, it is. You have There's to just w- love people. Stop stop hating people. <laughs> stop it. Yeah. Right. The last one
0: uh Andrew here is um, a really sad one too. And this is one that 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 happened last night. Um, unfortunately, Matthew Perry has died, and he was only fifty-four years old. Um, you know that his book came out last year, It was mostly all about his his addiction, um, his struggles with addiction, um, and apparently he drowned at his home in L.A. Um, so just really sad stuff. It's like it's it's hard to imagine any of the uh, any of the folks from Friends being gone. You know what I mean? Um, but really sad to see him go.
1: Yeah, uh, this was really out of left field, um, especially considering all of the struggles that he basically like, um, I don't want to say owned up to. That's not the right Mm -hmm. word. But like he was very open about a lot of this stuff. And he was very open about, I I just watched an interview with him actually. And he said, you know, sorry, one second. Yeah, (laughs) no, I get it. He said, "When I die, I don't want friends to be the thing that people remember." Before, yeah, he said that um, he wants to be remembered for if somebody wants to stop drinking or stop uh, with their addiction with to drugs or anything, that they could come to him. Yeah, and I, just it's tough, man. Yeah,
0: it's it's so sad. I mean, like you know. People struggle, you know, and, and I think that, um, the, the, the more that we can help people get the help that they need, you know, if, 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 if it's you listening or if it's someone that you know in your family or your friends and you know that they're struggling, reach out to them if you can, you know, yeah. offer them whatever support you can tr- tr- offer them to offer to get them to, to, to a center if they need to go. Um, but yeah, it, it really sucks. 54 is far too young, far, far, far too young.
1: Yeah, just uh, I mean, I don't know if we'll learn more about the the story about what happened, but you know, um, hopefully he finds peace in whatever afterlife there is for us. I hope so too. Well, look, Andrew, that's enough for the, the certified
0: terrifying corner because that was a depressing.
1: <laughs> As I fucking Halloween. blubber in my seat, Jesus,
0: Jesus. Christ so look um let's move on with the the rest of the show um so it is halloween 2023 (laughs) happy halloween (laughs) happy happy halloween if that didn't if that didn't scare you nothing will All, all four of those fucking things um so listen we are talking about some real life horror stuff and andrew i'll take you through some some um some haunted places in dublin ireland um we just had uh kyle curry was was uh one of our fantastic fans just visited me here in dublin i hope that more of you will too and when you do there is so much to see in dublin and in ireland itself Um, but there's a lot of cool haunted shit that you should check out and andrew when you come and visit i'll take you to all of these places so there is a great article from the independent uh which is a newspaper here in ireland um there's an article called dublin's most haunted the city's five most famous ghost stories andrew are you ready for them i am ready so the first one is the Hellfire Club. Now, the Hellfire Club is a place that I have been. Hellfire Club is, uh, it's it's sort of up, uh, it's like right as you start to get into the mountainous area of Dublin. And yes, Dublin has mountains. Um, so when you start to get into it, it's, it's, it starts to get really steep really quick. And the first time that I went there, um, I was an idiot and I rode my bike from my house. Um, <laughs> not realizing how steep of a climb that hill would be. I walked that bike up the hill, as you might imagine. Anyways, the Hellfire Club, it is ruins at the top of Montpelier Hill. Uh, This is in the Dublin Mountains. And it's long been linked to a dark history. Uh, Catherine Scuffle, historian in residence at Dublin City Council, said that this is the ruin of the once notorious Hellfire Club, a former hunting lodge that belonged to a man called Speaker Connolly. Wealthy young men from Dublin and the surrounding area would regularly meet and enjoy late night parties on the hilltop, playing cards and drinking into the small hours. And it's said that on one occasion, they were joined by the devil himself And this is how the place got its name. Now, when you come to Dublin, it is, it's honestly, it is fucking cool. This place is spooky as fuck. It's, it's literally just on the top of the hill. And just like it says, it's this this old set of ruins and you can walk around in it. And like, it's just, it's fucking neat. Like make that a thing that you do when you come here, especially around Halloween.
1: The next story is the green. Wait, hold on, hold on. I, I just have to say. When I see wealthy young men from Dublin yeah. regularly meeting yeah, to enjoy yeah. late night parties. Uh-huh. Yep. I don't know. Maybe a little bit of gay. (laughs) It would have been an orgy. And you know what? I'm here for it.
0: Um, (laughs) The Green Lady. The Green Lady. uh, The Hellfire Club also has a connection to the Green Lady said to haunt the Liberties. The Liberties is is an area in Dublin. Uh, At the bottom of the 40 steps that lead to St. Auden's Church, an apparition in a misty green form is said to appear before suddenly vanishing into the old stone wall beside the steps. I've been to... St. Auden's as well. It is a really cool old church. And it's also pretty creepy. Uh, Many believe that this is the ghost of Darkie Kelly, an innkeeper who lived in the area during the 1700s. The inn was a meeting place for many members of the Hellfire Club, including Simon Luttrell, the sheriff of Dublin. The story goes that Darkie and Simon were good friends, but had a falling out before the sheriff accused her of witchcraft. She was sentenced to death and publicly burned at St. Stephen's Green in 1746, and she haunts the area to this day. Uh, there's also, by the way, a pub called Darkie Kelly's Right Over by Christchurch Cathedral, which is a really good place. So you can hear a lot of good live music, and I bet she's haunting that place too. The next story is called The Lucky Stone, but this isn't the only strange story that St. Auden's has to tell. The Lucky Stone was a 9th century grave slab believed to have magical properties. People once cued to touch or kiss the stone in the hope of gaining a cure from illness or to get good fortune in the future. The lucky stone was moved from the church during the early part of the 14th century by the Lord Mayor of Dublin. He erected a drinking fountain at the corn market nearby and had the stone placed beside it. The stone disappeared on many occasions over the years, mysteriously turning up at Glasnevin Cemetery, just a little bit north, and later in Whitefriar Street Church. One of the strangest stories connected to the Lucky Stone happened in 1826. Now, this is when the stone had again gone missing, but was found on a building site in Kilmainham, which is where I live. Uh, It was spotted by a watchman who reported that he had seen the stone glow in the dark and then assume a human form after nightfall. Adding to the mystery, workmen on the site also alleged the stone cried out, moaned loudly, and rocked from side to side when they tried to break it with a sledgehammer. It was eventually reinterred in its current position inside Old St. Auden's in 1888, but now it's fixed firmly into place with iron holdings to prevent any more disappearances. Uh, I'll skip to the next one here, which is the Shelburne Hotel, a very, very pretty hotel. If you're looking for a more luxurious paranormal experience, you might visit the Shelburne. This is where Sybil Leek, an occult author and psychic, was said to have contacted the spirit of seven-year-old Mary Masters while staying on the hotel's fifth floor. Uh, Mary Masters was a young girl who died from cholera in 1846 at the hotel, and she has been known to be mischievous turning on taps and slamming doors. Hollywood actress Lily Collins even claims to have seen the girl back in 2013, telling Jimmy Fallon once on a show she felt a presence in her hotel room. Now, mm-hmm. there's one more story, but for that that one, you'll have to go check out the article on The Independent. But some fun little spooky things over here in Ireland that I hope you'll check out when you come to visit.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, with so much history, there's got to be some energy Oh, okay. that is is just hanging out there. Mm-hmm. Um I will tell a couple of my little ghost stories and Please then be- let's do some and then after that let's do some spooky updates of our own lives yeah, like, if to. we have any. Um okay, so my first one is called The Unrest Stop. Ooh. And all of all of my stories today come from travelchannel.com. These are all people that Uh, reached out and basically told their little stories. Um, So uh, I'll start here. I was driving across country with my mom and sister when I was 16 and my sister was 20. It was late. But we were all well-rested and still alert. We were driving along an interstate and needed gas and a bathroom break. So we stopped at the only rest stop in 200 miles, which if you're driving across country in the U.S. is pretty common, like when you get to the more rural parts. Uh, There was a van full of teenagers on a road trip at the gas station, as well as a small gray car parked at the pump in front of us with two young men standing outside of it. When we got there, everything felt wrong. We'd been on the road for days and seen many rest stops at night and had never been afraid until then. My mom and sister went inside and I stayed in the car. I heard the teenagers say they were creeped out and couldn't get the pump to work. And so they left in a hurry. I was watching the car in front of us and the two men had not moved at all. Not an inch. They weren't talking. They weren't on their phones. They were just standing there. Still, as my mom and my sister came running back to their car and when they got in, the two men slowly turned to us and while not moving or pivoting the rest of their bodies, and I swear to fucking shit, we all saw the same thing. They had eyes dark as pitch and empty, truly empty, not black, not reflecting any light at all, just a void. Jesus. We sped out of there, and we didn't stop until we were in the next city. The worst thing about the entire experience, we couldn't find the place on any map. We knew exactly which spot we stopped in the interstate to look, and we couldn't find it on Google Maps or any paper map we had. We even asked locals about the creepy gas station out on that stretch of road and only got confused looks. We've traveled the interstate since. We've never seen that rest stop again. That is spooky. Oh my God. Ugh. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but we had many road trips as kids. And sometimes oh, yeah. the open road can be the spookiest place ever. <laughs> Without a doubt, for sure. All right. Next one is it was good to see an old friend. All right. This one's kind of a this one's kind of like a play on a classic, but I thought it was kind of a little spooky. Serve it to uh, us. When I was 37, I went to my high school reunion. So what would that be? That'd probably be the 20th high school reunion. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I flew to the nearest airport and rented a car. The distance was about 35 miles through a very rural and mostly abandoned part of the country. Welcome to me and Maddie's childhood. (laughs) Very rural (laughs) and almost abandoned part of the country. Basically. Um, About three miles outside of town. When I see someone on the side of the road flagging me down. It turned out that it was one of the guys that I had gone to high school with Jim uh, that the, they're redacting his name so that they don't get in any trouble. But um, he gets in the car and starts talking. I had not seen him in, in 20 years. He still looked exactly the same, maybe a little older. Uh, when we get into town, I ask him if he wants to come to the VFW for a drink. God, so low. <laughs> it's such our town. Totally. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. He says, no, just just take me home um and he jim's parents had lived only a few blocks away from his grandmother's home so he turned in the direction but he said to take him to the outskirts of town there was a mobile home park out there and i figured that's just where he lived now when we reached the end of the turn off he said just drop me here it's good it was really good to see you again and he walks off into the night meanwhile I go to the VFW, meet some some of my old classmates. We start to talk. And we're talking about about who's coming to the reunion. I mentioned that I just picked Jim up three miles out of town and dropped him off. Everyone then gets really quiet. Even the guy singing karaoke stops and lays down the mic. And then my cousin goes white as a new t-shirt. Barb, Jim died on that curve eight years ago. He rolled his car. We were all at his funeral. I was told I started to feel really dizzy and I went out to the car to take some deep, some deep breaths there on the seat is the local newspaper printed eight years previously containing Jim's obituary. I still have the paper. Jesus. Isn't that creepy? It's totally creepy. Yes. It, it's kind of like the, um, here in Chicago and we've reported on it before, but like the, the woman in white that gets in your yeah, car yeah. like it. Yeah.
0: I missed my I missed my twentieth reunion because it was COVID then.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> I only had fifty people in my class, so I don't think anybody arranged it. <laughs> but, um, all right, and then finally, uh, one a little bit more of a sad one, but I thought it was significant for our discussion, especially yeah. like just because it, it's creepy, but it's also like kind of poignant in a way. And I'll explain myself after. Okay, it's called "Death Came for Him." I was standing in my parents' room talking to my very sick dad at the time. He was dying of stage four esophageal cancer, and I got the feeling that something was behind me. I looked towards the doorway to the living room and saw something about four foot six and fully black peeking around the corner with its hand on the doorframe. I ran towards it, and it slipped back around the door. When I got outside the door, there was nothing. My dad was completely confused when I stepped back inside the room and, and then I, I, I tell him and then people who stayed in the house in, in my dad's final days claim to have seen this same figure. My mom saw it on the my mom saw the figure on multiple occasions in multiple places until he passed away. And then we haven't seen it since. Whoa. And the the reason I want to say that is just because I I I do feel there, I don't know about you, but like the yeah. last couple, the last couple of years, and I, I want to say ever since we've had time to reflect and be inside and understand energy is that I think there is energy around us for sure. And I do think that there is something around knowing when your time is done yeah. and knowing it's okay. And, and whatever you believe, whatever you—if you believe in heaven and hell, or you believe in purgatory, or you believe in uh, you know transference, like whatever you believe—but like, I'm starting to understand it better. If that makes any sense. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I—I I, I think
0: that uh, I, I don't—I I think p- put all beliefs aside. Yeah. Go to the go to the experts, and I'll tell you who the experts are in this. The experts are hospice workers. Yeah. And hospice workers are of, of course if you don't know what that is that's people that work with with folks as they're dying. I think I think hospice workers are literally angels on earth. Um but there's a uh, there there's so much talk from hospice workers about what happens in the final moments of someone's life or in the final days of their lives. Um, and I, I talked recently on our death is terrifying episode about um, I forget his name. Now I've got his book. It's, I can't see the book. I can't get his name, but whatever. Um, a doctor that turned uh, into a hospice doctor basically. Um, there's also, there was a great New York times article about this TikTok uh nurse. Or I think her name is nurse Hadley. I'm pretty sure. Um, and she works in hospice. And she does all these different TikToks about like when people are getting closer to death, they get visited by people that have gone before them and mm-hmm. they have conversations. And, you know, she says and and the guy that I mentioned before, you know, he would also say, like, these aren't dreams. They're not asleep and they're not like they're not making it up. Like It's happening as though, you know, I'm talking to you right now. That's how real it is for them. And yeah. this happens to like nearly everyone. So like, you know, that occurs. And then like, there's, there's a, there's a lot of like research too, that like your brain doesn't die like right after your heart dies. And so, you know, your brain could be conscious for a lot more time. And like, you know, there, there's, there's stories about how, you know, after you die, maybe you'll, you'll be around for like 40 days on earth, stuff like that. I mean, there, there, there's a lot to it. And I think that hospice workers know and because they see it every day, and you know, Nurse Hadley in her TikToks talks about like, you know, look, it's, it's I, I, I've talked to so many different kinds of people—people people that that are atheists, people that are agnostics, people that are Christian, people that are Jewish, Muslim, what you know, you name it, whatever—and they all have the same kinds of experiences, not the same experience, but the same kinds of experiences. And so, I think there's something behind that. There's something real there. And like, you yeah. know, you know, look, this, this is a story about a dad, you know, I, I don't know about you, but like, you know, my dad died 26 years ago this year and I still talk to him a lot, like when, yeah. especially, especially when things are like going tough for me or if, or if things are going really well, you know, at work or this or, or whatever, I just talked to him out in the open and, you know, I wouldn't do that unless a part of me believed that he could hear, you know? And, and it's really, you know, and some might say, well, that's just a coping mechanism for you. Well, you know, bully for you, maybe you're right, but I believe that he can hear me. And I believe that, you know, one day when I die, I'll pass on in the same way and I'll be energy around the people that I love too. It's just, it's a part of the world and we, we don't know how to explain it yet, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, I agree. you know, I, the only thing I can offer to this world after I die is the energy to just keep going because, yeah, God damn it, this world is really, really hard. It's tough. <laughs> it's it's yeah. hard out there for a pimp, you know. Um, any any spooky going ons with you
0: these days in your real life? Oh God, Andrew, I'll tell you what, I have just been, I have maybe been the busiest I have ever been with work, <laughs> and so like. I haven't had a lot of time to focus on other things, if I'm being honest with you. But I will tell you that you know, whenever I can, I'm I'm you know, horror is obviously a a, a lovely uh, comfort for me, right? As I know it is for you too, and for all of our listeners. So, of course, you know, I'm I'm, I'm continuing to dig into, into all the scary movies that I can, and and you know, digging into research, and I've been thinking a lot about UFOs in recent months, that kind of thing. I will tell you that last night I brought my tarot cards along to a Halloween Ooh. party that I went to. And I read for four people and I'll I'll tell you, yeah, it was, it was really great. Like I haven't, I haven't done it in so long. Um, well, and we, we
1: are the main drivers in our friend group of, of the tarot card reading. (laughs) It's you and me, like that's all it is, but
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's, it was just so much fun to do and you know, that was, it was great. And, and the readings, you know, they made a lot of sense to people and that's what always feels good when you do it is, you know, that every, every card I turn or every, you know, thing I offer, I'm like, does that make sense? Does this feel right to you? And they're like, yeah. And it just, you know, it felt good to know that maybe that kind of helped people. Um, yeah. but other than that though, I want to get spookier again. Like I was actually hoping that this weekend I was going to be able to do some kind of like ghost tour that I hadn't done or or something like that. I just de- didn't get a chance to, but I'm going to soon because all those stories I just told you about Dublin, there's so many more across this entire country and yeah. I want to go out and really, really explore them. So I'm looking forward to getting a lot more spooky in the days to come.
1: Yeah. Um, I can tell you some weird things that have been happening with me. Um, as you know, I'm continuously on a weird sleep journey. Yo, God, what now? Uh, My sleep is always fucked up. I, I, (laughs) I'm constantly tired during the day and then I'm awake when I need to go to bed. (laughs) Perfect. just like, (laughs) it's just the way my body does. Um, I have been trying new things so this 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 may be a side effect of what i've been trying i've been trying new teas and and things like that to, uh-huh. to help sleep i've been hearing things really um, like what um so i i don't know about you but like when i am in that veil right between trying to fall asleep and actually being asleep sure there's a lot of like really weird thoughts that i have like okay like I, I don't know about you, but like my brain just like all of a sudden is like, why is green green? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like something like that. You know what I mean? Like yes, yeah, like it's 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 the stupidest shit you never think of during the day, but like yeah, in course. between. But like I've also started having these, and I I don't know what else to, to tell them or what to say about them. They're hallucinations. I, okay. I, I've been having audio hallucinations. It's either sometimes I'll hear like a like a knock like a like two knocks and I'm like, is someone at the door? And Michael be like, what, what do you mean? Like, like I, someone just knocked at the door. What? Or I'll hear like a very like low voice. That's that will say something like, do you know where they are? What? Andrew, or what like, the fuck? I, I don't, maybe I have a brain tumor. I don't know, but like, Oh, wait, 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 wait. Are you, are you taking any new medication at all? No uh the only thing that i've the only thing that i've changed is that i am drinking hot tea at night okay what kind of tea does it have Um, does it have valerian root in it no it's just it's an english tea it's for sleepy time it's literally called sleepy plus like it's like a very popular brand that you can buy on amazon it's nothing crazy um i don't know it's another evolution of my sleep journey that i've I've been been on for
0: 20 years have you talked back to it
1: um no i haven't thought about that actually well, I because think you should talk back to it it's it's so startling that i don't understand it quite <sighs> andrew yet. I,
0: I cannot believe i'm only hearing about this now number one and number two you
1: need to figure this one out because that is wild well wild. i'm thinking i'm honestly thinking about turning it into something if, if that you makes should any sense. yes Um, writing it down when it happens and doing something creative with it, because I think that will help exercise that energy. You know what I mean? And at at,
0: at the very least, you should absolutely be tracking it, you know, write it down when it happens, you know, what, what they said or, you know, whatever. But I mean, look, there might be something there, dude. Like that is wild. Like, I mean, what if you are,
1: you know, really hearing a spirit talking to you? I know, and you know we'll talk a lot. We'll talk about it more when we get into the uh, horror in the movies. But like, I'm starting to feel like some weird stuff about like, m, m- Do I have some not power? That's not right. Uh, do I have some energy that I am not using in the right way? I'll so, just leave it at that.
0: <laughs> no, no, I get it. I, I I will tell you one more thing that that I I kind of forgot about. Um. That, that I've, I've had a couple of like premonitions come true recently. That's what I, this is what I
1: mean. This yeah, is maybe, what I
0: mean. Maybe this, this is what six years of horror podcasting does to you. It makes turn into a psychic. Um, so no, I, um. so look, I, I grew up in a big family, right? Um, I, there's nine brothers and sisters. I'm the ninth one. And uh, my dad's best friend's family, the Nixix, they were kind of like us. I think they had seven kids. Right. And, and we all kind of grew up at the same time. Although I was the outlier because I, it's long story. Anyways, um, I, I was thinking about them just like, like last week and, um, and I was thinking about all of them and I was thinking about, uh, for some reason I was thinking about Danny, Danny Nixick. And I mean, and there was no reason that I would be thinking of him because uh, like, if I was going to think of any of them, I would probably think of like Susie, who's the youngest one. And like, I just, you know, always kind of grew up thinking she was like the coolest girl around, you know what I mean? And like, so I'm thinking about Danny Nixick, right? And then I'm FaceTiming with my sisters, Katie and Rebecca. They told me Danny Nixick died. Oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? And he had died like two months two months before that. I didn't even know about it. Nobody told me, which is w- weird in itself, but nobody let me know. So there's that, right? And then so that's kind of a serious one. Now here's a stupid one for you. My my friend Emily here in Dublin, right? Very cool. She befriended me like, like pretty much right right when I moved into my place. And she lives in the same apartment complex that I do. And we hang out a lot. Um, she was just in uh, in Spain. And she originally wasn't going to go on this trip because it, we, we just had a big storm blow through Europe. And it, it was going to affect Spain. So she was like, eh, I might just cancel because it might be awful. Whatever. So she ended up going. And I, I, di- I didn't know that she was until I saw one of her Instagram stories. And so I, this is the last weekend, and I'm I'm at a bar out, out by myself that night. I was watching the rugby, um, and as I'm watching it, like I see her her story. And by the way, I was stoned, um, <laughs> so I text her. I, I text her, and I'm just like being goofy with her, right? And I'm like, I, I can't believe you're in Spain getting that Spanish dick or whatever I was or whatever <laughs> I said. It's something like that, though, basically. And she writes back, and it's like, I don't know, it's like maybe 10.30 at night, right? Um, So it'd be 11.30 in in Spain. She writes back and she's like, oh my God, are you like right next to me right now? Because I've been getting dick pics (laughs) nonstop. And I was like, God... That actually, I mean, I know it's funny, but that is kind of weird, like in a weird coincidence way. You know what I mean? So I I don't know. I think that you're right, though. The things like, you know, thinking about Danny Nixick or for you, like hearing these voices, these are the things that occur and we often just brush them aside. Because we're adults and we're trying to make like real sense of things and we can't let in that energy. Right. And so we just brush it aside and we say, no, that's just it's nothing. And we just let it go. But what if it's not, you know, and for whatever, once again, let me tell you, there would be no reason for me to think of Danny Nixick. I truly mean that like none. But then I do. And then a day later, I find out that he's dead. Like, why did that happen? How did that happen? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Or for you, you're all you're doing is drinking some fucking tea. (laughs) Like you're not stoned. Like, why are you suddenly hearing voices right now? So th- these are things that we have to keep track of and we have to pay attention to. And I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this.
1: Yeah. Next, the next iteration of Friday the 13th, uh, uh where we're just talking about what's happening in our life. <laughs> right. Right. Or we, we'll, we'll, we'll just be like, we'll be calling. We'll be like, uh, uh Miss Cleo's, you know what I mean? God, you, oh, we should have people call in. That'd be amazing.
0: Oh Jesus. But, oh man, I'm into it
1: anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> look, this was a fun horror in
0: real life segment. We had some great stories, Um, really cool to talk about some spooky stuff going on in our own lives. Um, and I know that the, uh, I know that the, the certified terrifying corner was a, was a a tough one today for us. And I think for our listeners too, but you know what, uh, the world is, can be a real disaster, but I just want to say this, never forget the agency and the power that you have to make your little piece of it better. Agreed. Listen, not one of us can solve Israel and Palestine. Got some news for you. But right where we are in my little community here and in yours, Andrew, and wherever you are, listener, that's what you can work on today. And making people feel good about themselves and and yourself and getting people the help that they need. These are things that we need to work on. So let's do it. You know, let's do that. Be nice to yourself
1: and be nice to others. That's all I have to say. It's Halloween, baby. Halloween. All right. Well, we will take a quick break and we'll be right back with what you've been watching, bitch. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all
0: go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And now it's time for what you've been watching, bitch. What you been watching, you spooky bitch? And this is the segment of the show where we talk about all the things that we have been watching or reading or listening to or whatever. Uh, We each have four, and Andrew's going to give us
1: his first one right now. Before I do, if you echo back to episode episode (laughs) 107, I challenged you, Maddie Zerdich, to do one thing. And that was to watch the Exorcist TV show. <gasps> I have to change mine now.
0: <sighs> well, did can't... you watch? I did. I did. I did. No, I watched the whole fucking thing. Just the first season or both seasons? No, I watched both seasons. I and let me tell you, yeah, okay. okay this is this is my bonus one. Okay, okay. listen. <laughs> Sorry, Exorcist, I had to do this to you. <laughs> no, no, no. This is good. So listen, the Exorcist TV show was astoundingly good astoundingly good like i i am pretty much in awe of how good a job they did with it and i really mean this for both seasons i think both seasons were, were i killer. think both seasons <laughs> were great you were so good and like i i honestly can't believe that it got canceled because like a third season would be amazing um i thought i think it's wonderful i think mean, that that, that the, the characters are so well written what they did with mr howdy in, in the first mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. Or, or not Mr. Howdy, captain Howdy, what they did with captain Howdy slash Pazuzu was incredible, incredible. And like, I would have never, like, I love the exorcist so much. And I know a lot about it's lore. I would have never thought to take it in that direction. That would never be a, a, a thought in my head. So how bold was it to do that with captain Howdy? How fucking bold to make him a demon like that. So fucking good and the ch- i'm not gonna say the twist and you don't either andrew but the the little twist that happens in season one holy shit it knocked me out because I, I, I did not know about it and i was like holy i was screaming at the tv i loved it season two also so good different kind of storyline the familyness of it like, all of that stuff just so well done and the kids in season two were killer man they were so fucking good uh, the two priests are incredible. And like the gay priest, are you with me on this? Like, hello. Amazing show. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, you did. And I'll tell you what, I'm really glad that I watched it. If you have not watched The Exorcist yet, let me just tell you, you you really should. It's, it's skip, an excellent honestly,
1: show. Honestly, skip all the sequels. Skip the new one. Skip it all. And just watch the TV show because yeah. it's the true predecessor of honestly that movie. I, I, I
0: totally agree with you. I I think I think two, three, and, and the, the strange ones that came out after that, and uh and the recent one, Believer, although I think it has some redeeming qualities. I think, like Andrew said, you can skip them, go to the TV show.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, my first one is a brand new release, just came out on Friday. Uh it is called Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, I'm not sure how you how familiar you are with Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, I only
0: know about it just from seeing the masks like that. That's the only thing that I know about it.
1: Yeah, so this is a very popular computer game. Uh, that kind of like spawned like I think there are like six games now. Okay, that, that basically what the the premise of the game is that you watch the security cameras and you have to like do like a series of like look at the door, look at the security camera, look at the light, look at the thing. And like, you have to do it in like a certain order. Otherwise the, the animatronics will come and kill. Okay. you. Basically. Sure. Sure. Um, so they turned it into a movie. Uh, Josh Hutcherson from the hunger Games series uh, is the, is the Love key Josh hole here. Oh, he's so cute. Oh my God. Uh, He's a tiny man, but that's, <laughs> that's why <laughs> I like him. <laughs> yeah. Um, But uh, so this just came out. It's basically about him kind of being down and out. Uh, He he he's now parents his little sister, and they're kind of like down and out. You know what I mean? Like they're just falling on hard times and like trying to figure everything out. So he takes a job as a security officer at. Uh, Freddy Fassbender's, which is the pizza place that's closed down. It's kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese, if you will, but it's been closed down for years and years and years. Um, And basically his job is to just make sure nobody breaks in and vandalizes the place at night. And um, what he doesn't know is that there are animatronics there much like Chuck E. Cheese, if anybody grew up with Chuck E. Cheese or Pizza Planet or any of these things, sure, <laughs> that we had as kids, um, there that they are alive and they might be malicious, um, for 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 some people. Um for me, I think that this was a little bit of a missed opportunity because they take it so seriously, but they also don't. Like, I almost wanted it to either be super campy and, like, like super, like, funny and weird and just, like, over the top, or I wanted it to be, like, uber violent and, like... Yeah, sure. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, you would never expect these animatronics to saw somebody's face off. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and it just, it never went, like, in one of those directions, and it kind of just meandered in the middle. So, for me, I, I thought it was fine, but it, 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 it's not... I. I don't know for me. I don't think it's gonna be something I'm going to watch over and over again. Yeah, sure. Any sense. So, okay, cool.
0: Um, Andrew, my first one, uh, or bonus one, uh, is, which will I talk about first? Um, I'll do this one first. Follow the house of usher. Um, I watched it of course on Netflix. It is the latest from Mike Flanagan and the Mike Flanagan crew. Um, look, I, I loved it. Uh, I thought it was really, really well done. Um, you know, the the Flanagan factory just turns things out in marvelous ways, and it's very unlike the other factories that are out there, right? So the other factories I would talk about would be like uh the the, the Bloomhouse factory or the um the the Ryan Murphy uh factory, right? Those are ones that for me are are usually pretty hit and miss, but for the Flanagan one, holy shit! Can the man do anything wrong, Andrew? Can he Not do yet anything Not yet. wrong? <laughs> Like I mean, and this one is—it's fucking good, man. Like, I mean, it's it, it combines. First of all, it's 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 the story of the fall of the House of Usher, of course, from Edgar Allan Poe. But the the show brings in like little bits and pieces from all of Edgar Allan Poe's you know famous stories. Oh, that's cool. Um, and it's just, it's done so well. It's all the same actors that you know. So there's there's no one really new in this, right? It's the same group of people. Who cares? They're all good. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. It's all the same group of people and they do a great fucking job. He pulls more now from Dr. Sleep in this one, which I thought was Ooh. cool. Um, so what's the girl's name? Kate Siegel? <sighs> uh, no, 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 no. The 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 young girl in Dr. Sleep. Oh gosh, uh, I, can't, oh. I can't, I can't think of her name in the movie. Anyways, yeah. so that young girl, she's in it, and she is excellent, as you might imagine. So, just a wonderful rendition of of a of a, of a really great story too. So well done. Um, if you have not watched it yet, get into it. You know, make it last as long as you can. Try not to binge it because it's it's really succulent. You know what I mean? Um, and I just had a blast watching it. So, follow the House of Usher on Netflix. Highly recommend.
1: I'm literally starting it today after we. Oh, I hope you love it. I I have not had a chance. I just had, there's been so much going on. I just have not had a chance to watch it, but I'm going to start it today. Hell yes. My next one is Disney's The Haunted Mansion. Not to be confused with the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion of, what was that, like 2000s ish? Yeah, it was early 2000s. And then also just last. Strangely enough, just last year the Muppets Haunted Mansion. Like I'm oh, I like, love you know, Muppets. Listen, I'm going to tell you, um the Haunted Mansion clocks in at a little over 2 hours and Jesus. I think that it's about 45 minutes too long. It's over 2 hours. Yeah. Um listen, the ensemble cast, you're not going to go wrong. There there are so many people in it that are so good sure i think the first hour and a half is boring as shit
0: <laughs> yeah that's um us.
1: i thought the last half an hour was fun and great and like almost for me redeemed the movie um but you gotta go through a lot to get to that good part
0: yeah sure
1: and like honestly I don't know about you, but like Sundays usually for me are either for recording the podcast or catching up on like media that we've missed. Or being incredibly hungover. (laughs) (laughs) That's also another one in there. (laughs) Um, And listen, when I'm watching TV on a Sunday, I'm really engaged and I'm like really like want to get into it and like really want to watch stuff. Yeah. And I found myself falling asleep at Disney's The Haunted Mansion until oh, no. the last half an hour and so you know what if if this and honestly i think it's too spooky for little kids oh, no. and not spooky enough for older kids so oh, i don't yeah. know where this lives in like the the thing you know what i mean like the no, i get it the, yeah the, the gateway of like what horror is and like i and listen i'm not a gatekeeper i never will of course i don't be, know, I, I, I couldn't recommend this to anybody even oh, for showing to kids. But listen, I mean if you're if, gonna I mean, watch if, a Haunted Mansion thing, just watch the Muppets Haunted Mansion. It's much yeah. better. <laughs> well, I mean, look, if
0: if you're telling me that it's oh, that it's over two hours long, that that's where you lost me right there. Like I I yeah. I I I don't mind a long movie, much like the next one that I'm going to talk about. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just I'm not going to watch Haunted mansion. If it's over two hours, like that, that's
1: you know what I mean. Seems, like, I, just I, I
0: do know what you mean. Yeah, that that seems like it's way too much. Like that's the is haunted a, mansion. Just it should, it's
1: a ride at
0: Disney. Right. Just get in and get out and be fun. I don't kind know. Of like kind of like the ride. You know what I mean? If <laughs> if the ride lasted two hours, you wouldn't want to do it again, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh boy, um Andrew. My next one is uh, all yeah. I'll talk about this one now. Killers of the Flower Moon. Went to go see it. Um, saw it in the Teatro. Um, over here at Lighthouse Cinema in Dublin. Um,
1: and this one, this one's over three hours now. It's
0: it is three and a half hours long.
1: Oh my god! Um, now look, here's
0: the thing. Uh, I think that um, okay. Number one, here's what I don't have time for in my life. Anyone who hates Martin Scorsese. If you don't like, literally, the greatest living American filmmaker. I don't have time for you like I, I don't have time for you like what he what he has done <laughs> in the history of film is incredible and I got news this one is also fucking amazing and I think that there's a lot of people who are like oh but it's three and a half hours I'm like yeah dude because it's a fucking story that like, there's that's how long it takes to tell the story like that's the thing and you know I didn't I didn't read the book um, but the book is supposed to be amazing. And let me tell you this: this story is probably the most evil story I've ever heard or seen in my life. Oh, like I no. knew I knew a little bit about about what this would be about, of course, like you know, sort of the basics. But like I, because I didn't read the book, I didn't know the meat of the story. And this story in American history, I, I don't know, man. It's when when you see it, if, it's just, it just it knocks you out how evil these people were how just, just mammoth mammoth size evil it's absolutely incredible so it is one hell of a story the actors are great uh lily gladstone uh who plays plays one, one of the main characters is really incredible uh leo dicaprio was awesome um robert de niro steals the show <laughs> as this fucking character that he plays he's wild um and there is a cameo at the end that I thought was really really well done so I mean look if, if I I don't think this is one you need to see in the theater if I'm being honest with you so like if you sure. don't if you don't want to go spend three and a half hours in the theater like you don't have to it's okay and from what I understand there are some places in America that are showing it now with an interval or an intermission Ooh. Um, well but the editor of the film who's I forget her name right now but she's she's like a legendary editor she is pissed about this so she is like hunting down those theaters and saying nah nice try now I, I gotta say this is a moment where i will say having an intermission i am all for it Intermissions yeah. should happen and like i don't know what's going on but like even like going to see like actual theater they're not doing intermissions anymore and i'm like we need intermissions like Intermissions are pee. good. <laughs> we need to pee. We need to get another drink. We need to, you know, stretch our legs for a minute, or just think about what you've just seen and, and you know, the first act or whatever. Like I think it's a good thing. Bring them back. Please bring them back. But yada, 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 look, killers of the flower moon, I thought it was exquisite. An evil story that needs to be told that Americans especially need to hear. Um, and it was just one hell of a film. So highly recommend.
1: Yeah, I will definitely see this when I can pause and go to the bathroom. But like, yeah. that's for sure. I, I'm like, sorry, but I I'm of a certain age where I just have to pee like every 45 no, no, I get minutes. It. So. I mean and look, like I mean, I mean, I went to an early
0: show of it. I went to like a four o'clock show. So like I still didn't get out of there until almost eight o'clock. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so like, a lot. I mean I, I I enjoy going to the cinema for long periods like that, but if you don't, then you don't have to see this on the big screen. You really don't.
1: Okay, cool. It's good to know. My next one uh, is called Totally Killer. It's on Amazon (laughs) Prime and it's uh, the new Kiernan Shipka movie. I love her. Um, This was great. Oh, that's good (laughs) Um, to hear. um, It's very like, okay, so did we review the final girls on this show or not? Yeah, we did, didn't we? I think think, we did. I think we did. Yeah, I remember. it's, it's, It's been a while, but we did. So it's very of that ilk about a girl that is dealing with her mother's death. And then she basically, to to keep it very short, she finds a way to go back in time to try to prevent her mother's death. Okay. Um, But it's it's very played up in like an 80s, uh, like coded way of you know like how we all like to do things now with like okay. popular music and things that make us nostalgic and um but it's basically yeah Kiernan Shipka and her mother is uh part of this group of I can't remember the name it's like the Chelsea's or something like they're all like it, it's like the mean girls of the school okay and uh, back in the 80s three of them out of the four were killed by a serial killer and her mother was the only one that survived Uh, and then later her mom gets killed and then she gets the opportunity to go back in time and figure out like who was the killer and try to prevent it. And it's, it's, I I don't know why this went direct to Amazon prime because this could have made, in my opinion, maybe they're going off of final girls and how that didn't do very well. But like, this could have made a lot of money at the box office. So I'm not really Hmm. sure why they did it direct to Amazon prime, but interesting. It was a fun movie. I would I would have went and saw this in the theater. Um, I listen, I always have a little bit of a soft spot for Kiernan Shipka. I'm not really sure why because I, at the end of the day I don't think she's like the greatest actress in the world, but there's something about her that's very just like likable well, wasn't, so, She was in um she was in uh Black Coat's,
0: the Daughter? Black Coats Daughter, which I yeah. think is
1: which I think is her best performance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right along with Emma Roberts. I think that, well, we'll get to that movie eventually on this podcast. But <laughs> anyway, um, totally killer on Amazon Prime. Really fun, um, bubblegum type horror pop movie if you're into that kind of thing so give it a watch sign on amazon prime for free so very cool um the next two that i'll be talking about
0: are connected um i uh watched because i just i have i've been working from home I, I, obviously we all work from home but like i've been working from home and sort of like watching stuff in the background lately um and so it's given me a chance to like just like kind of dig into like series i never really got to and so the first one that I got to was Band of Brothers. This was an HBO series about World War II. Um, like this is
1: the actual Band of Brothers that was on yes. TV in like the two thousands, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. I, It was early two thousands. I maybe two thousand
1: one even might have been when it came out. No, I remember this. Like, maybe uh, it was Like, four, seven? like a t- it was like a TV event. Yeah. Like, oh no, yeah. Like, yeah. It was yeah. huge. Um,
0: let me tell you. Uh, it, it it's it's. It's really astounding, um, and uh, it's all about this company in um, in the war called Easy Company, and Easy Company was uh, just a company in the army who became up. Uh, uh, they became paratroopers, and they were they were they're like the first paratroopers in the war in Europe. Um, and you know, I'll tell you what I realized watching this show was, was something that like you think you know as an American, but maybe, sure. you some, maybe you sometimes forget it. And here's what it is. And God, people are going to think I've gone nuts after this episode. <laughs> but like, with without... Our, our American soldiers in World War II, like, we fucking like nearly saved the world. <laughs> like, I really fucking mean it. And like, this is a show that just sort of reminds you of that, of how much those men and women had to go through in fighting off a fucking just force of evil called the Nazis. And like, look, America didn't do everything right. We got involved in the war way too late. We didn't listen about, about what, what was happening to the Jews. You know, we did a lot of things wrong before the war and in the war. Don't get me wrong. But our soldiers in the war fucking like honestly i i i really mean this bless them for what they did cuz they did so much and this show is just so fucking good at telling their story of just this one little company that did so much in that war to help win and um D- D- damian lewis is in it and then a bunch of fucking a ton of people are 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 in this show right just like like hundreds of people that you would know that you um, probably forget were in the e- show. Exactly, <laughs> you you totally forget. I mean, like like even like Andre from But I'm a Cheerleader isn't isn't it? For God's sake, just an incredible amount of talents. And and storytelling and writing and 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 cinematography, just I, I cannot believe how good this show was. So if you've never watched uh, Band of Brothers, and if you like to watch stuff about World War II, which I also does happen to, um, I cannot recommend this highly enough. It was just astounding. I'm I'm really glad that I took the time to watch it.
1: Cool. Do you just want to do your other one since they're connected?
0: Uh sure. Yeah. The other one that that is is the Pacific. So this is the companion series to Bandit Brothers. Um, and as the name suggests, it's all about the war in the Pacific during World War II. Um, these were stories that I didn't know before. Like I knew a little bit about Easy Company going into it, but this one I I really didn't know much about at all. Um, And the war in the Pacific uh, was, you know, was fought mostly on like a bunch of, you know, rugged islands when it when it comes down to it. Um, This one is really interesting. It's a a bit of a different take from Band of Brothers because it goes a little bit more into the stories that are a little bit harder to tell. Like the war in the Pacific was terrifyingly awful. I mean, we were in conditions that American soldiers were not used to, you know, incredible heat. Um, You know, the the islands that that were, you know, completely completely run over with with the with the Japanese who were who were the type of soldier that I mean, like they were fighting for the emperor. They they didn't care if they lived or died. They were fighting for the emperor. And that is that's an enemy that like, how do you fight against that? You know what I mean? So like incredible stories of it, but it also doesn't shy away from the bad shit. I mean, like it doesn't shy away from how much incredible racism there was in our in our fighting force, mm-hmm. the terrible things that they would call Japanese people or the way that they would treat Japanese people. Um, it's you know, it doesn't shy from that stuff. It shows you, you know, a really bleak view of this is what it was like. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it takes you through that, I think, in a really unflinching and and in good way, um, I learned a lot about you know the 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 guys who got medals, medals of honor in that particular campaign, and you know how 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 they overcame so much to lead companies of men in into battle that was a, a, a completely uh, unimaginable. That the circumstances that they would have to be in and and fight through, uh, a, a really incredible show. Um, I, I think it's it's nearly just as good as Band of Brothers um really great stuff in it um joe joe Mazzello, who was joseph Mazzello when he was the little kid in um in jurassic park he's one of the main characters in it so it's kind of fun to watch him as like a grown-up now too um but really incredible show look in both of these series i cried a lot because it's just such intense stuff and it's stuff that maybe you haven't thought about for a long time
1: um so yeah i really enjoyed it i i highly recommend them both cool um I like shows that don't shy away from the bad stuff. Yeah, this so. one these do not, for sure yeah. they do not. Cuz uh, uh, sometimes the the glimmer of war, I just feel like let it go. There's no glimmer there. There's there's, known. there's none. There's yeah. none. There is none. But all right, my last one uh, kind of turning hard left but... Away from what Maddie was watching is Goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) Goosebumps is on Disney Plus. uh, Also Hulu, if you have it, you can kind of watch them either on either platform um, because all the same stuff is on both for some reason. Not really sure what the point is here. But anyway, Uh, Goosebumps, um, obviously, if you were a child of a certain age, I think anywhere between me and Maddie's age, uh, you Probably watched or read a Goosebumps book. And so this is kind of a a new way to tell some old stories from R.L. Stein, our, 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 our savior in horror of love.
0: R.L. Stein, (laughs) sweet love.
1: Um, this is great. Uh, I I'm here to tell you, uh, if you thought that this was just going to be the, I think it was on Fox kids growing up. Like those, the, the, the original Goosebumps show where they kind of just told the stories, the books, like, uh, in a, like a goofy way. This isn't your, this isn't that goosebumps. Like they're actually taking it pretty seriously, but also keeping it, but also keeping it campy enough to where like, I think that this is perfect to show like you're like mm, 12 year old. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. Like they have to be a little bit more mature to understand some of the the things that are going on, but also like they want to be still a little bit spookied out about it. Um, It's about a group of adults that did something in their childhood that resulted in one of their classmates dying and this is kind of his story about maybe revenge. But we haven't quite got there because the show has not wrapped up yet. We're on like season, our episode seven, I think of 10. Um, and they weave in a lot of the goosebump stories. So there's like a haunted mask story. There's a go eat worms story. There's like all these different things from the actual books, but they're told in like a new way. And huh. so like, I love it. I mean, sorry, but like, I love that all of these teen books, like teen horror books and teen horror writers are finally getting their celebration. Whether you like The Midnight Club or not, fuck you, because that show's great. And I don't know why nobody likes it. But um, this is just fun to have these celebrated that's in, awesome. In a way. And so I really like Goosebumps. It's is it is, is it definitely more like childish than something like The Midnight Club, of course, because it's yeah, Goosebumps. Of course. But uh it's really fun. So if you have any affinity towards this kind of thing or if you just want like maybe not something as hard-hitting for the Halloween season, yeah, sure, maybe something sure. a little bit more fun, a little more hocus pocus if you will. Okay. Uh Goosebumps is right up your alley. So that's fun.
0: Well, folks, uh, that was a really fun. What you've been watching, bitch? Andrew brought us Five Nights at Freddy's on Peacock, Disney's The Haunted Mansion on Disney Plus, Tod- Totally Killer on Amazon Amazon. I can't speak today. Amazon
1: Prime and Goosebumps on Disney Plus, Plus. and Maddie brought us The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix, Killers of the Flower Moon, which is now in cinemas, Band of Brothers, and The Pacific, and bonus. The Exorcist TV show. Yeah. And honestly, I'm a season two defender. I think season
0: two is great. Oh, yeah, it was <laughs> so good. Well, folks, we'll take a break here and we'll come back with our first film of the episode, Cropsey.
1: About 15 buildings here have been abandoned for quite some time. They did a lot of searching for the kids here, specifically for Jennifer and I believe Holly Ann. Growing up on Staten Island, Barbara and I had often heard the legend of Cropsy. You're supposed to have a hook, an axe, with a knife about this big. Cropsey was the escaped mental patient who lived in the tunnels beneath the old abandoned Willowbrook Mental Institution who would come out late at night, snatch children off the streets. I have never, I would have never guessed there were the amount of weirdos living on Staten Island. There might be somebody on your block. It might be somebody you work with. You know, here's this guy going around picking off these kids.
0: I can imagine how other parents, even if your kid's gone for an hour, I can imagine how they must feel. You know, that's probably the, one of the last things that you ever think about, that somebody would take
1: your daughter. It seemed like everywhere I went, there were people out in the woods looking for that little girl. It's no question, if we were going to find her, we definitely were going to find her. She thinks we're picking at dead children's bones. We just want closure on this. that's so- all. What was that? I heard something. Look down there. Look down there. Look down there in the hallway. You've heard the legend, but now it's time to hear the true story of Cropsy. Maddie, tell us all about it. The
0: truth is terrifying. Realizing the urban legend of their youth has actually come true... Two filmmakers delve into the mystery surrounding five missing children and the real-life boogeyman linked to their disappearances. Coropsy was directed by Joshua Zeman and Barbara Brancaccio. It's also written by Joshua Zeman. Uh, The production company, there were a bunch of them. They were produced by Antidote Films, After Hours Productions, Ghost Robot, and Off Hollywood Pictures. And it was distributed by Cinema, or I should say Cinema Purgatorio, and Breaking Glass Pictures. Um, For both of these films today, we're not going through a cast list because there isn't one really you know these are these are real people so we'll talk all about playing them. themselves yeah exactly we'll we'll talk about them throughout the the discussion of course uh the film is not rated it's 84 minutes long uh filmed entirely in staten island new york uh, which is where the story takes place of course uh it's an american film uh it was released june 4th of 2009 which really surprised me for how I well didn't realize was this was that old yeah. yeah and for both of the films today we don't have any budget information um so listen um Andrew, I think I like have watched parts of this before, perhaps, but I never like sat down to watch the whole thing. Oh. Um, and also for people out there, if you've never seen Cropsey, you can get it for free on YouTube. Yes, free 99, um, which is how I watched it. So before you go rent it, which I almost did, <laughs> you can get it for free. So you should watch it that way. It's
1: all. It's also on Amazon Prime for people it's, here in the U.S. There you go. There you go.
0: So, Andrew, I know I don't think this was a first time watch for you. Um, tell me what you thought about it
1: yeah i i remember when this came out i almost want to say that this was like a netflix exclusive when it first came out oh maybe maybe that's how i watched part of it then back in the day like back in the day like 2000 okay. we're talking about 2009 yeah, netflix, yeah, yeah. So much different landscape but um i remember watching this and i remember being like "Ooh, this is like a this is a pretty juicy story and honestly like i'm still kind of like weirded out by this story because there's so many twists and turns and there's also like everyone has a cropsy everyone has like in their in their hometown everyone has like some story about some crazy guy that abducted kids in the 80s or whether it's true or not like you know this one this one ends up being true but like there's always like there's this weird like panic that came out of the late 80s, early 90s of just like kids getting abducted. And, uh, and a lot of it's true, but a lot of it is hype and a lot of it is yeah, like sure. people just being scared. And so we make up these stories to scare ourselves or scare our kids or make people more I don't know, make people more aware of themselves or try to like, you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it's such a complicated movie when the plot of the movie is so straightforward, if that makes any sense. Why don't you, I'll tell you what, why don't you take, can you take us all just through the
0: basics of what's going on here?
1: So basically what this is all about is about five kids who went missing in the, I think if I'm getting my story straight, early seventies to late
0: eighties. Yeah. Yeah. You're right.
1: Um, And there is, and it all takes place on Staten Island, which we're led to believe from the filmmakers that the island of Staten is made up of dead bodies and trash. Yeah. But um, uh, basically, one of the boroughs of New York City. And um, what happened here is a lot of kids that had learning disabilities or were thought of at the time as quote unquote slow um were abducted and we don't really know what happened to them we knew they were killed basically or went missing in and a lot of cases um and this is kind of the story about this guy joshua and and his friend barbara which i don't think they're romantically linked but i don't think so i couldn't quite get the relationship because they never really explain it yeah but, um it's kind of them kind of having a moment in their adulthood of being like holy shit like we lived through all this. Yeah, We should tell this story because we all thought it was just like myth. Yeah. And it's about Andre Rand and um about his trial later on in life and kind of just the story about these kids. And I, I think it, and honestly I don't want to concentrate too much on Rand himself because I think it's more about the kids and more yeah. about Willowbrook and more about how we treated mental illness in yeah. in that time, yeah, and um, it's kind of just a story about how those kids go missing and all of the fallout from that. If, do you have anything to add? I think that's kind of like the premise. Yeah, I think I think that's basically it. You know, I, I would add here
0: too that like what this story turns into is well, it's 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 a number of things. It, the the, the twists and turns that it takes take you anywhere from policing to devil worship. Um, i mean there's just there's, there's a lot to the story and <laughs> and there's there's twists that you know you don't you don't really expect um and it, it does dive pretty deeply into this andre rand character um and you know for for good reason um but you know i think too you know the 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 impetus for wanting to tell a story about a place that has been basically forgotten is so important and mm-hmm. if you think about it like i mean you know there's a reason that, the Candyman is a great movie because, of course, Tony Todd and you know it's bloody and gory and you know it's a it's a it's a scary movie. Blah 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 blah. It's good for all those things, but it's also a good movie because it fucking takes you to Cabrini Green, a place that was forgotten, and they give it a story like Candyman to show how we use myths like this. To explain why things are so awful, or to keep yeah. people docile, or that, or whatever. Do you know what I mean?
1: No, so, it's a it's a very good count, like comparison.
0: Yeah. So you know when, and, and it's it's funny because you know, I I watched Cropsey. Uh, I, I watched it yesterday. I, I've watched it a couple times actually, just because I, I do that sometimes. Um, and I, I I watched Candyman yesterday morning, and I was like, oh, that's kind of the same fucking thing, right? And so like we if we look at Cropsey almost as an anthropological study. Of Staten Island, it becomes even more interesting. And, you know, there, there's this wonderful um, uh, news archive footage of fucking Geraldo Rivera in this yeah. movie for God's sake. It's his which,
1: it's his breakout uh yeah. breakout thing that he did.
0: Yeah. And so you know he goes to, you know, w- what what is for for lack of a better word, a, an asylum for for children that back then would have been called the R word. You know what I mean here? Well, now it's well, they they call it Willowbrook State School. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. And I mean, it, it's these are our videos and images of children that were shocking. Absolutely completely Shocking. Children who had been dehumanized because there was nowhere else to put them. And Thrown so, away. Th- completely thrown away. And so it, it, it makes a lot of sense when we think about Staten Island as the dump of New York because it is. Literally, it's where the city's trash goes. And it's where they put people that they think of as trash, too. And so Staten Island becomes the 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 stomping grounds for this story, and uh, I gotta tell you, it's it's really compelling. Um, it's 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 a chilling story, I think, because of how easily all this happened, and how these children were just stolen, and God knows what happened to them. You know, just absolutely fucking nuts.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a really, it's a it's a tough watch. I'm not gonna lie, it is because there's not a lot of answers. Because, yeah. you know, we we get the uh, Jennifer, who's kind of like the impotence for like this whole story, because she's the only one that was actually like found. Um, but then after that, we still have four kids between the ages, I think, if I remember correctly, 21 and under, because yeah. I think the one kid was 21. Um, we don't get answers to yeah. what happened to them. So... I mean this is kind of like a a really long unsolved mysteries if you if you really think about yeah, it. Sure. Um I think what the filmmakers do really well is that at any moment where you think that you have things figured out, they then throw in something else that makes you go, Oh, maybe I'm not right. I don't know, like you know, because like there is no real answer answer to this to the to this mystery because listen we have an answer because we have someone that was convicted you know period but we don't know because uh, unfortunately 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 the guy uh andre rand is a huge narcissist who it it just all and this is why like i don't like to name the people sure because that's all they want that's yeah. all they want is to hear their own name in headlines or to hear their own name. And it's and it's highlighted in this movie perfectly. I mean, what is what does he say in that letter? Evil sells or something like that? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. 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 He says, like, uh, until the day that I sell my like rights to the filmmakers, like I'm gonna be evil. Yeah. And it's it's perfectly highlighted in the film, is when they stop communicating with him, all of a sudden he wants to talk. Of course. Yeah. And it's like there it is that's that's like that's like the impotence of like like it's 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 insane to watch. I think the movie's really well done. obviously it reeks a little bit of like early true crime um documentary because sure. it's it, it means 2009 so we didn't and, and it probably filmed in like what <laughs> 2006 probably probably took like a couple of years to get it, this it, to, I mean to I market say
0: but probably probably at least 2006 to 2008 is when they probably did the filming and all the editing and shit
1: yeah um i i just i i think that this is a fascinating story i hate people (laughs) and what they did to these and 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 it is kind of fascinating to see kind of like the friends of jennifer that are still like out there searching like that woman who literally is still out there just digging around i was like girl wow like i applaud your 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 gusto but like i think these people are just gone and you yeah. gotta you gotta move on and live your life now and i well, I, I, I it's I mean, it sucks I mean, but. but
0: i mean that's that's it right i mean i you know there there are unanswered things at the end of this film like we we don't know if andre Rand did it or not that, that that's not definitive and the movie doesn't prove it either way right no
1: because the cops in this are shifty as fuck <laughs> like i'm well, saying, without a doubt without a doubt
0: um, and then, and then at the same time, you're you're left with uh, unanswered isn't isn't quite the right word for it, but you're left with a community that cannot be at peace. Yeah. And you know, when we think about you know you know, I mean, God, like th- think about conflict today. Do you know what I mean? Think about Israel and Hamas right now. You know what I mean? Israel cannot be at peace because like they have too much pain in their head because of what they did. Right? Yeah. So, you know, Hamas did this. There's no way all of a sudden Israel's gonna go, nope, ceasefire. We're done. Like, that's not gonna happen. And in the same way, it's it's like I know it's it's a very strange analogy, don't get me wrong here, but you know, that that's that's how the brain works in humans. We want revenge or we want justice. And sometimes they can be the same thing. And or or sometimes they're definitely not the same thing, but you still want something to put a linchpin in it. And that woman who goes out continually digging. It, it's almost like she's not even looking for people she's looking for peace yeah you know I mean? like and and you you can't get it until you have something in your hands that's tangible and you know just like you said she's not going to find it but i mean imagine that that's your life spent looking for that peace that you're never going to get and maybe that's the saddest part about this movie beyond the people that actually disappeared all those children like the fact that this community can just never can never rest because of what's happened and because what has been allowed to
1: happen. Yeah, some of the shocking things that I took from this is um even after the Haroldo Rivera kind of exposé, yeah. it still took 10 years yeah. to shut down Willowbrook. Um I thought that the fact that Andre Rand shared a cell with the son of Sam oh was insane to me. Like come on, man. What? <laughs> um there's just uh, the fact that the one kid, I think his name is Hank, if I remember correctly, yeah. that he was in the background of the news footage of Holly Ann Hughes yeah. was just crazy. Insane. Um, I think that there is a lot of profiling happening in this movie that we're not concentrating on there's yeah. one quote i forget which cops said this or which wh- what person said this but he just he like basically just says he was a creep he just looked like a murderer yeah. so that's why we, and the fact that like this kind of like shook me a little bit and i don't know like it, i i am guess listen i'm gonna put a lot of guessing into this because i yeah, don't get a lot of answers but i'm guessing police brutality but when andre ran comes down those stairs and he's just literally like can't put thoughts together drooling out of his mouth i was like what did they do to him right before that because at every other point in the movie he's competent he's normal so like i listen policing is really weird in the era we grew up in and i can only think about what might yeah. happen. Um I'm not trying to sympathize with a maybe child murderer, but I'm just saying like that's there's some fucked up shit going on there. Well, but I mean that, that 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 is the other side of it, right? I mean th- there's that one interview
0: with I think he's a reporter where they they're at like a uh, maybe like like a restaurant uh, booth or something. And, and the guy goes, you know, I could show you any picture of anybody. Oh, that's his friend. You, that's yeah, his friend. Yeah, that's who it is. And I, he says, I, I, I could tell, I could show you a picture of anybody and say, that guy's a mass murderer. And you, and you would go, oh, yeah, he does look see like that. that. Yeah, I can, I can see that. And, you know, that's that's true. Like, I mean, the, the power of suggestion is pretty big. And I mean, look, it's it's not fun to think about, but like you do have to think about it with someone like Andre Rand. Is he actually this, or is he just, you know, for lack of a better phrase, a crazy person who thinks that he needs to get publicity, you know, like what, what is correct? Is it somewhere in between or is neither one correct? Who the fuck knows?
1: Yeah. And the the other sinister moment that kind of like gave me the chills in this is when they go to, um, they go to his sister yeah, and she doesn't want to be filmed. So she's like blurred out or whatever, but you, you catch on the microphone where she goes, Listen, guys, I think you're being manipulated by him, and I was like, "Oh, wow. oh no!" <laughs> it just, like gets that like weird part of your stomach where you're just yeah. like, "Oh no, do I need to poop?" <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't know. I I just think I think this is really well done. Um, unfortunately, we don't get a lot of answers. Uh, I mean, we got we got answers from a, a like, quote unquote like justice like side of things because yeah. there is a there is a conviction, but. Because of the people that they bring into the into the movie, you know, including reporters, uh, police officers, uh, you know, all the different er areas, it does a really good job of making you be like, what is the truth? Yeah, exactly. Because we don't ever get to hear from Rand himself Mm -hmm. because he (laughs) manipulates his way out of that. I got so frustrated. I don't know about you, but I got really frustrated when they went to the prison. And then he was like, oh, I'm not going to talk now. And then that other reporter, or was he a, I think he was a cop. I can't remember where he was like, yeah, he did the same thing to me where he said he was going to talk. And then I got there and he was like, no, I'm not going to talk anymore. And I'll say to that. And this is the part that I think that the movie really does a good job of is just like, when things like this happen, it's not necessarily about the end outcome. It's more about people needing closure to move on. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the part of this movie that it does really well is it highlights these people that just they can't move on because yeah. either their children were abducted or they, you know it was somebody that they knew or their friends or whatever. But like they just can't move on. And like, it just sucks. Like I, I feel so bad for these people, but they do a good job of making this like, feel like this could be your community yeah. at, at the end of the day. So it, by the way, Andre
0: Rand is still alive. He is still in prison. Of course, uh, his real name was Frank Rostam Rushan. He's 79 years old now. Um, the convictions that he had were for sexual abuse, unlawful imprisonment, and first degree kidnapping. Um, so it's kind of crazy to think that he's still like, like, like around, you know what yeah, I mean? It's weird. It's, it's really, really crazy. Um, wild stuff. And, uh, look, I, I think that, um, I don't know. I haven't heard this movie
1: talked about in a long time.
0: Yeah. And I think that more people should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> For like, sure. yeah. I don't know what else to say. Like it's, it's, it's I mean, so well
1: done. If anything, you get Tanya and that crazy hair that she has yeah <laughs> and i mean like look i mean the thing
0: is free it's literally on youtube if you don't have amazon prime or you know whatever so like go watch it if you haven't seen this the, the, you know this is you know you said it earlier like that you know this one is sort of like early true crime a bit and i think you're i think you're right but i think also it's 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 true crime that's done well
1: and like there it's true there crime is. done it's true crime done with the heart
0: oh my god like, there's so much fucking true crime now and like I, you know Andrew, I think about you and me on this sometimes, right? We don't have this podcast to make money. Like no. we we do it for fun, and like yeah, we we used to get paid by a network, and we trust me, we didn't get paid very much, but it was enough to like buy some new equipment and like have a little fun. You know what I mean? Or like you know, our our Patreon, of course, is really really helpful. That's wonderful. But Andrew and I, and I won't speak for you, Andrew, but I think I, you'll agree with me. We never did this to make money. Like, we did this because it was fun and something cool and different and a creative outlet for us. And we thought our friends would like it. And it turns out that we made a whole community of friends out there. I see so much true crime shit that is just people trying to make money. Um, And it's all for,
1: it's for clout. uh, It's for. Yeah. And
0: I just, I think it's wrong, man. I think that, (laughs) that, that digging into, The actual real life horrors of people that that are that are real that are real in this world to make a to make a buck off of it because you think you've got something special to say I think that's very odd Do you know what I mean here And I just I'm I'm not into that kind of thing as a person who is a content creator or whatever the fuck we're called Like don't do it for that reason And I think something like this You know You said it right This is true crime with heart And this is it right there These are two people who very clearly care. About this particular, inc- uh, the, the string of incidents and and the issues surrounding this community that they grew up in, yeah, and we, you can see it from a mile away. Like, I just, I, I really can't say enough about how well done this is because it just, it is.
1: Yeah. No. Um, all right. So here at Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, we judge on a seven-stripe scale for the seven stripes of the gay old rainbow. Maddie, what do you give Crapsey? Uh, you know, I'm actually going to bump up my score. I'm going to give it a six. Um, and I,
0: I think that it's, it's an exploration of an urban myth uh, as a scapegoat for real crime um, and for neglect. And I think it's really important. Uh, and I think that this documentary does a fantastic job of it.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna bump up my score too. I'm gonna get a 5.5, and I said this does a great job of merging myth with fiction, planting seeds of doubt, and just talking to the right people at the right time. So, folks, that is it for
0: Cropsy. Hang out and get a get a little refreshing beverage because we'll be back with a another little spooky documentary called The House in Between. Spooky.
1: Do you believe in ghosts? Believe in what? It's not an old house. It's built in the 1990s. You would never think there was anything really going on inside the house. I remember coming home from work, deadbolt in the door, and going upstairs. And as soon as I got upstairs, you know, we heard bang. I looked out, and the door w- was open, but it had the deadbolt still sticking out. There's a lot of things that happen in this house that we can't explain. There's something there that lets you know it's there. It's wild just being there. It has this aura about it of mystery. We have a DVR system that is filming the house 24 hours a day. It can go from zero to 60 in this house quick. It can be just quiet and everything's fine, and then boom. It's been 10 years and she hasn't slept in the house. I could just tell how much this house scared her.
0: Supernatural, natural. That's what we're trying to
1: figure out. It's a real life mystery. You assume it just got tied up in knots?
0: You're looking at something else. It's not the house on the left. Not the house on the right. It's the
1: house in between. Andrew, tell us all about it. Scary because it's real. A dream home turned into a nightmare after a life-changing paranormal experience. The homeowner, Alice Jackson, refuses to spend another night in her house unless someone proves to her what she's experienced has a natural explanation directed by steve gonzalves and kendall welpton written by those people because this is a documentary <laughs> i don't know what to tell you uh production has a production distribution handled by robot ninja and gravitas pictures this is not rated released on may 5th of 2020 which is probably why nobody's seen it because of the pandemic unfortunately yeah. comes in at 81 minutes and was filmed in florence mississippi which we are led to believe is the quote-unquote bible built ish of america <laughs> yeah and and also like one of the most haunted places apparently there's a whole lot going on
0: here yeah um you know andrew i, but, I was but, we're in the south yeah.
1: so we can't believe in ghosts
0: that's true what also of we're led to believe good good point you know Andrew when when we were looking at the movies that we were going to do for this episode we you know we did what we always do we go on google and google for lists of different things that we want that might you know work and that was the same for this and I as I was doing that and I was like oh this is perfect Um, this would be a great one for this episode i was like wait a minute this sounds so familiar did i talk about this on the show before or something so you know look i may have uh, but i do think that this was um like an early pandemic watch for me so i think i just kind of forgot about it if i'm being honest sure um but you know watching it with fresh eyes now was really really good now um look i i think this is really good stuff um and i think it's good stuff for a number of reasons i think um you know, number one, just the story itself. It's the story of Alice Jackson, who built this house in Florence, Mississippi, and it's a house that she's really proud of. And like, all she wanted fair, was an A-frame house with a balcony. <laughs> yeah. And like to be fair, it's like the outside of the house is pretty fucking cool. Like, It's a house that I would definitely consider living in. Yeah, she, she's got some It'll, clutter issues, but yeah, that's fine. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. When you go in that house, it is a classic example of country. Like just there's wallpaper and just knickknacks and paneling. Fizz. There's every everything that like Andrew and I grew up with. To yeah.
1: It's yeah. like, yeah and there also nobody and also nobody knows how to dust in any of these houses. Nope, we'll nobody. talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, not
0: one person. Um so but that, that's just kind of a funny part. But look, Alice Jackson herself is a is a charming character. And mm-hmm. um she's charming I think not because she's putting on any airs or pretending. Like I think it's kind of impossible to watch this movie and think that she's lying. Now, you might not agree with what she's saying, right? But like I don't think she's lying for a minute. Like No, all there's a definitely other, an earnestness around everybody in this movie. That's the word, earnestness. And earnestness is something that I truly, in this world that takes nothing seriously, I adore earnestness. I truly fucking do. So That might be a little bit of why I love this so much. So she's such an earnest person who is genuinely concerned about this house that she has, that she built, that she's so proud of, that she doesn't want to sleep in anymore because she's too scared of it. And so, you know, there's one part of it. The other part of it that's so interesting, this is a 10-year, it's actually over 10 years now, uh, it's at least a 10-year, a decade-long plus paranormal investigation in one place. That is not a very common thing. In fact, it may this may be the only one when it comes to a residential home. Um, so it's it's wild to think that the ghost hunters, you know, for lack of a better phrase, in this movie have been there for that long, like trying to figure out what's going on and trying to capture it on um, on video. Uh, I think that's really incredible. Um, I think that um, the depth that the filmmakers go into in a mere eighty one minutes that's not very long pretty incredible like they're not just interviewing alice or just interviewing the ghost hunters with once again for lack of a better phrase paranormal investigators however you want to think of them um they're interviewing people in the town of florence they're interviewing like the historian and like this town psychic because there happens to be one and like the guy that like coaches the basketball team i mean like it's like a little bit of everybody it's 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 so it's so authentic what they've done i just can't get enough of it so you know there's that but then they also on top of all of it because you know what once again like like the description said alice is looking for someone to tell her this is either natural or not and if it's not natural if it's you know of the other world or if it is a spirit i think she's going to get rid of the damn house but if it is natural then she'll feel better about it so if it's something to do with like geology or with um, there's a lot of things that they talk about. If there's like um, energy fields that might be off, or like there's water running under the house, like there's a, lots of different things that, that that could that could possibly explain what's happening. And so, in order to do that, they go to experts for it. They go to a professor at Jackson State University who's a, a physics professor. They go to a professor at Emory University where they discuss, you know, issues around this and that. I mean, it's it's really pretty incredible stuff. That once again, I just want to point out to you, they do in 81 minutes, still managing to keep you "quote unquote" entertained um, and in the spookiness of it. So I think it's really incredible what they've managed to do, um, and also I just really enjoyed the story. Haunted house stuff gets me going, um, probably because I grew up in a haunted house. So like, it's just something that I think is um, is so cool to explore, and the way that they do it here is good. And look. Some of the shit that they get on video, it's a little, it's a little spine tingling, do you know? And like there's the there's the one story that really gets me every time is when it's um it's the the neighbor girl mm-hmm. telling the story about when she's at the table with Alice and and Alice says, Oh my god, look. And they look at the chandelier, and the chandelier is like somebody has gripped it and lifted it up and then just let it go. And then it just goes I've got chills on my back right now thinking about it, honestly. Like that is that's scary dude that's fucking scary so yeah i i had a blast watching this how about you
1: yeah um i went into this with like very no expectations i had no idea what this was about so um was interested to watch i think like when they are concentrated on like the main story and the main like paranormal stuff i think it's really successful i think that unfortunately for me like when they start to talk about like the alien stuff and like they start to like go like off book if you will like with some of the other theories that are going on i get a little bit distracted and i'm like can we just go back to the can we just go back to the ghost stuff <laughs> yeah know? no i so, get that. Um, i get that Um, so like, but overall, I mean, some of the evidence that they present, especially with the, the death device that is the baseball on the stairs, which I was like, please tell everyone that comes in that house that there's a baseball on the stairs (laughs) because it's so dangerous. Um, but like a lot of that stuff, a lot of of the, the reflection in the chandelier that shows the two doors opening, I thought was really, there is a lot of really compelling evidence that, that I will say about the movie. I just wish we got more. Like, I wish we got more about it. And this is the perfect example. So we get this woman who lives next door, who's grown up next door, who has grown up saying, I think there's a dead body like over there. Like, basically, points to an area. And then we learn from her that she was part of a police investigation where she found four other dead bodies. Like, hello. And then... We even get a part where they bring in a uh, a dog to sniff out you know, corpses and corpse smell and like whatever. And they talk about the trees and how the trees grow and da da. da, da, da. And but then they never dig. They yeah, never dig right, for the right, body. Right. And I'm like, come on. I just I felt like a little bit of like, um, and maybe this gets resolved because, you know. Keep in mind, we neither of us have seen part two, so maybe it's a lot of this is resolved in part two, and maybe we, you know, owe our due diligence to go and watch part two for some of these answers. But as far as like this, I totally agree with you. I think it's very earnest. I think that there's a lot of like heart in here. I think that a lot of the investigators, especially John and Brad, are really invested in figuring out what's going on here. I just feel like the movie, the the actual documentary. Maybe just didn't give us enough. Like I feel like, yeah. Maybe if they just filmed for a little bit longer, we could get a little bit more of a story. Does that make sense?
0: Well, I you know I I sort <clears> of <throat> wonder too. Like you know, I, I don't I don't know much about Steve Gonzales or Kendall Welpton, right? Yeah. And I I'm pretty sure that that Steve Gonzales is just like another paranormal investigator, right? Okay. And so and so part of me thinks that like. It, it, it's almost like everyone in this kind of wandered into filmmaking, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. I, as, and, and and I mean, for that matter too, I don't remember from Cropsy were they filmmakers before? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that they were. So yeah. you know, and like we've we've got here, so we've got two stories. Not not to talk about Cropsy again, but we've got two stories of. Of people that sort of just wandered into a thing, and they're trying to figure it out. And especially, so, like,
1: especially our investigator Brad. Oh my, oh my is, god! Yes, who is a uh, an off duty boxing journalist who stumbled into podcasting god, and or god him. Activity. Like I I wrote I wrote down in my in my notes. Um, is that who
0: I'll turn into one yeah. day? Is this <laughs> well, is this going to be me?
1: I I. Uh, I had a moment with him where he like discovers that he has cobwebs in his windows oh behind my God. him when he's oh being interviewed. God. And I was like, oh my God, you've, I think he explains that he's lived in this house for like 25 years. <laughs> yes. And it was yes. Like, it's like, you didn't notice the cobwebs in but, I mean, the yeah, window?
0: Like I, <laughs> That, that's that's kind of like the joy of this movie though is, it's just that, regular people yeah it's just regular people i mean and like even like you know like okay somebody's gonna say well they've got all these nice cameras i'm like yeah because they're ghost hunters like this is what they do like they always have cameras like that kind of shit so you've got people who are, who have really nice equipment Who are, you know, used to doing one thing and then they're like, well, wait a minute. What if we made a documentary out of this? You know what I mean? It it reminds me of us a little bit. Wait a minute. What if we made a podcast out of this? Like you just, sometimes you just wander into things and then you find your way through. His footage (laughs) footage cracked
1: me up when he went in with the off-duty police officer and they pulled a gun on the ghost. (laughs) Absolutely ridiculous.
0: But like. You know, I I think that, that that's there's a certain charm to that, and so yeah. like, like like you were saying, I I do wonder if in the, in the in the second entry to this little to this little you know this little thing, I wonder if they figure it out more, and and I'm gonna guess they probably do, um, but I am gonna watch it because I I, I want to learn more about the story. Um, I will tell you too, Brad is one thing, but John, Andrew, oh,
1: oh John. I wrote this
0: down. I wrote down honestly he's the kind of southern boy I want to make out with and then I was like <laughs> I bet you Andrew feels the same way.
1: The marketing director for 40 restaurants.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. But wait, did you kind of have a crush on him?
1: Uh yeah, like a little bit. Like I think like <laughs> he's one of those guys like if I went back to my hometown and went to the local bar and like Yeah like sat down and like had a couple drinks and he was just like talking to me. I'd be like, does he have a crush on me? Yeah. We, should we make out? <laughs> and, and also
0: the, new listeners to the show will know that Andrew and I have very different tastes in men, except when it comes to like good old down home white, boys like' people a, that,
1: people that look like yes.
0: bullies <laughs> yeah there's there's not a better way to say it folks but like that's it like people that look like they used to bully us that's what we have a mutual sexual sex attraction appeal um, which is very funny anyways I felt that with John I, I just I was like God he's actually really cute um and then and then when Steve Gonzalves comes on the screen too I'm like god he's kind of cute too actually I, I was I was into them both um but I mean yeah the, the 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 movie does get maybe a little goofy when it goes into like talking about UFOs. I was like, yeah. wait a minute, this is maybe a little bit too left field. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the talk about this and talk about that, and like you know, to be fair, there are some other stories from that place that you know, maybe they, they could delve into a little bit more. I mean, like, the reason why it comes in is because Alice said that she saw this intense white light that is very similar to a story that someone else in, I think it was like a neighboring town saw at, at some yeah, point. Yeah, I think it was just like her
1: neighbor down the road. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I mean, like, you know, there, there's a little bit of a connection there, but I think that maybe, like, if, even if that's part of part of the big story, you do have to decide what you're going to show to your audience. And like that, that might be a turn that like I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have included, but you know, there it is. It's 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 there anyway. Um, I loved it when the psychic showed the uh the sketch of the walking stick.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the sketch was just
0: like it was the, even that sketch was country, Andrew. You know what I mean? It was very it had like a feather hanging from and it. Did. it. <laughs> but but You know, you look around and fucking there's walking sticks all over that fucking place. Like that psychic, clearly she saw something from that house. Well,
1: Um, and that's like that's like what gives me like it's what I love about the film is when they bring in people like the psychic. But it also is what frustrates me about the film is because like she says, oh, someone was murdered in your backyard. And then you have this neighbor saying there's a dead body in your backyard. We're not going to do anything. about that. I know. I know. know. Come on.
0: Hopefully, hopefully in part two, um, I think there's there's a really interesting um, quote in the movie, and i I can't remember, I can't remember who says it. Um, Is it the but, beginning? Well, it's it's near the beginning if I if I remember correctly, and I'm trying to find it in my notes right now. I
1: have I have the one from the beginning. If you want me to kind of read that well, one, well, yeah, yeah, g- give it to me. <clears throat> Uh, the day science begins to study non-physical phenomena, it will make more progress in one decade than oh, in yeah. all previous centuries of existence. From, from and Nikola that was Tesla. yeah Nikola Tesla, which is and I I think that I I I think that what this movie helped me uh, kind of like in my journey these days is just like listen we can all be adults but still be open to new things. Without a doubt. And, you know, look that
0: I I found the quote here and I can't remember who says it, but um, uh, there's somebody who's like, you know, you know what happens when we die? And I know that that sounds like a very simple (laughs) quote to take from the movie, but it's at the heart of everything because Mm. the the, I I think it's at the heart of of like all horror in the end, like trying to figure out and wrestle with while you're alive, what's going to happen next? When you're no longer here and there's something precious about that and i mean i mean precious in like the best sense of the word like we're all wondering that and and in one way or another even even if we say we know you know even if we say that we're religious or even if we say we're atheists and nothing happens when we die there's always a part of us as humans who are that we're going to be like wait a minute what is actually going to happen to me and yeah I think it's so fascinating to explore and to watch people explore and wrestle with. And like, yeah, this movie is about Alice and her house and, you know, the chandelier going nuts and the baseball going down the stairs and she's scared of the house. But it's also about just what happens after we die. This is that in the end, that's what all these searches are about. It's like trying to to either prove or disprove the existence of the afterlife. And I just think that's so fascinating as humans that we do that.
1: A couple of uh, things that I noticed in the movie that I just wanted to call out. Um, I thought it was funny in the her initial story about Alice, like the night that she decides that I'm not gonna sleep in this house anymore, that yeah. she had a flashlight in her bed. <laughs> I don't know if you oh, caught that or not. I thought
0: I thought the same thing. I was like, wait a minute, why is she got a flashlight in her bed? <laughs> yeah, seriously, just turn on a lamp. Like, <laughs> but what? Why why you got that? But I was I was like, well, I mean, maybe like she uses that when she uses the bathroom or some shit. I don't know.
1: Um, the other part that I was like, can you tell us what this means is like there. So there's the whole paranormal investigation part of the movie and they just keep talking about fucking REM pod, REM pod, this REM pod, REM pod, REM pod. pod. And I'm like, can you tell us what a REM pod is please? Because I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's a little jargony here and there um i thought the psychic was great i thought that she was like i just need to know about this door and then that door ends up being the door that opens later oh yeah um i thought that there was i i thought the movie was over and then um that little quote came on the screen and it said the house wasn't ready to let them leave and i was like yep. Ooh, okay, what's going on bitch live? Um, I think that everyone in this movie needs to hire a cleaning lady, but that's beyond, um, because I totally agree.
0: And I really loved it when, um, like the camera was interviewing Steve. And he's like talking about helping Alice, and he starts crying. And he goes, yeah. "There's no crying and ghost hunting." I thought yeah. that was really sweet.
1: No, there's a lot of heart to these people that are just trying yeah. to help this lady out. So I, I get it. Um, I think what I appreciated about the movie, and I, I don't know if I said this earlier or not, but like I do appreciate that they bring in like an electrician, they bring in like a, 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 a like a person to like see if the house is level. Like, yeah. They 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 do all of the due diligence to make sure that you understand that they're not just crazy people. You know what yeah. I mean? Totally. So, and I mean,
0: like, look, we talked about Demon House earlier. Remember? Um, I mean, like, I mean, like, put.
1: <laughs> oh, you this. mean? Oh, you mean the paranormal investigation where he bulldozes the house at the end? I mean, <laughs> put this, put this in <laughs> contrast to that. I mean, much Love better movie, my-
0: hands down. This is something that like actually like works. And like you know, like I, I I often on the show will talk about like you know reviews on Letterboxd because they they can often be pretty funny to to look at. I mean, this movie just gets panned by people. Like they're they're giving it a half of a star. They're doing this really, that, yeah. And like and there are some like I mean I give it I give it three and a half stars on on Letterbox and there's people who you know are a little bit more generous. But like you know, for example, here's one. And this is from a person named Devin who watched it in November of 22. Um, and they say, be prepared to wait for a ball to roll down some stairs for 90 minutes. Well, first of all, Devin, the movie is 81 minutes, so you're wrong. <laughs> um, and secondly, that's not it at all. Like, if that's all that you take from this, I don't know what to tell you. That's so. That's such an odd take.
1: Um, I think if that's, if that's all that you want from a movie like this, then just go on YouTube and watch, like, paranormal stuff on youtube that will take five minutes like i don't know (laughs) you're you're absolutely
0: right and like look a lot of a lot of ghost hunting shows and stuff they don't they never show you anything or like there's a sound and then they move it over here you know that that kind of shit this movie doesn't do that this movie actually shows you shit like it shows you that door opening. It shows you the chandelier turning a little bit. It shows you the light going off. And it shows you the fucking smoke alarm going off when they're talking about burning the house down. The it's, town fire. I can go, <laughs> go on and on and on, right? Like, this movie, like, actually gives you stuff. So, like, I, I think that that criticism doesn't really, it doesn't really sizzle. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm a big defender of this one. I just think it's really good.
1: Yeah, I think that you're. I think that you're honing in to the like the people rather than mm-hmm. like, like because the people oh. feel like they are real. They feel like yeah. they could be our neighbors. You know what I, I mean? Like it's not. I feel like it could be us. <laughs> it's not. It's not um, over sensationalized like totally a lot of agree. the ghost hunting stuff that's out there. Yeah, so I, agree. I, I would agree with you there. I just wish they would have took it just a little bit further because I want some answers. God damn it! But maybe, <laughs> maybe once again, maybe part two they do it. Yeah. All right, Maddie. what do you give The House
0: in Between? <laughs> you know what? For a film with a lot of heart, I gave it a five and a half. And I said, I really enjoyed this documentary. It offers such an authentic, earnest exploration of a haunting with people who seem to genuinely care.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give it a 4.5. I said, when it's focused on the paranormal, it's really strong. Um, so why do we waste time on other stuff? And I need to watch part two. Yeah. Well, folks, that does it for our second film of the episode. Take a
0: quick break, and we'll be right back with our closing thoughts.
1: Everybody's heading for Woolworth and Woolco to get set for Halloween. There's Star Wars costumes like Darth Vader and C-3PO. Superheroes like Spider-Man, Wonder Woman and Batman. There's the Shogun Warrior and many more. All at bare-bones prices, only $1.97 to $3.99. And wrapped candy of every kind to cheer any spirit. All at the favorite Halloween haunts, Woolworth and Woolco. All right, that does it for episode 108. Of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed spending your Halloween with us. Uh, we've offered some spooky tales and some spooky movies that you can cuddle up with on your couch with your little blankie and watch the trick or treaters and then look. Anyway, <laughs> you little weirdo. I love it. <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to play one final game and then we'll close out the show. And our final game is What Your Halloween Candy. Says about you, Ooh. and this is thanks to Colin. I didn't get his, his last name was not listed on the article, so I can't give him full credit. But Colin okay. over at the University of Rhode Island, nice, uh, we are very familiar with. Um, so I gave Maddie these candies, and he is going to tell me which one is his favorite, and okay. that will tell you what uh, it says about him. So you, your choices are Reese's, Skittles, Snickers. M&M's, Sour Patch Kids, Kit Kats, Twix, Milky Way, Sweet Tarts, and Nerds. Now, look, I did tell Andrew when he, he he texted me this list the
0: other day. And I'm looking at it. And he says, what's your favorite candy out of these? And I said, are you fucking kidding me? Like, tarts, it's like hard. <laughs> like, like, eight of them are my favorite. You know what I mean? So it, this was like a genuinely hard choice. But I, I really tried to think, okay, if it was Halloween candy... And mm-hmm. I'm like getting it on a trick or treat. Like what's the one that I really want? And I did choose Skittles.
1: All right. If you chose Skittles, this is what it says about you. If Skittles is your favorite candy, you're an outgoing person. Oh my. You're easy to get along with because you are a good listener and accept all different kinds of opinions and people. You have a colorful personality. You are very lively and spontaneous when you're hanging out with your friends and never provide a dull moment. Wow. Um, That's very nice to hear. Thank you, Colin. (laughs) I appreciate it. Now, Andrew, what was your choice? Uh, So I had a really hard time as well because I had to think about like what would I actually pick because I do like a good Twix. I do like a good Skittle (sighs) like you do. Love a Twix. Um, But at the end of the day, I had to go with something. I I, I literally buy these maybe once every month, I would say.
0: And that's Sour Patch Kids. Oh, God, Andrew, I would kill for a Sour Patch Kid right now. Like, literally. Seriously. You know what else I would kill for? Those sour Micah Nikes that you left in the hotel room. <laughs> <What> time, <laughs> Those were so good. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, Andrew, Sour Patch Kids was your choice. And this is what it means. You may seem a little hard to approach and cranky at first. There are times Kurt. where you... <laughs> there are times where you pull stunts that are questionable and could raise some... Is this... This is not accurate. It could raise some trouble. Uh, But once people get to know you, they see that you have a good intention uh, or that you have good intentions. You warm up to your peers easily and create strong, trusting friendships that will last forever. Very nice.
1: I mean, that does like as we enter Scorpio season, I have to know that, yes, I am ultimately a rule follower. But sometimes I like to plant a little seed of drama (laughs) into the the (laughs) I mean, like, folks, you have to understand,
0: like, in, in our in our large friend group, like, Andrew is literally known as the rule follower, like that is that's his position. So when I was reading questionable, what was it stunts that are questionable? I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. Well, maybe,
1: I'll, maybe I'll just be like, but did you hear about what so and so said about you? And then I just walk away.
0: <laughs> like, I'll, Listen, that, that would definitely get it going. Um folks, that was episode 108 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. Hope you had a great time with us and hope you're having a very happy Halloween. Um before we let you go, uh we want to let you want to remind you of course that we are a very proud independent podcast. Um and like I said earlier on in the episode, we don't make money off of this because we don't really want to. Um uh, but like look, anything that that our listeners give us through our Patreon is invested right into the show. That's what we do with it. So if we need a new microphone or if we need to it'll, it'll write a movie going, come on. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, if you've listened to, the, to, to, today's episode and uh, to previous episodes, um, and you think that it's worth even a dollar to listen to, you can become a Patreon patron for a dollar a month. Um, so head over to our website, which is frege13 dot 13.com slash support, and you can become a patron on Patreon and you can also buy
1: merch. Yeah, we just want to say a big thank you to our newest patron, Ryan Corres, or Cores. You tell me how to spell. How to how to it? You tell that. us, Ryan. You, tell you haven't us. gotten back to me on Patreon yet, so I'm chatting with you currently. If we want to get on there, um, but thank you so much for you know just any amount of money. I yeah. mean, we're, we're listen at the end of the day, we're not greedy people, but no, we, we're really not. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, we do spend a lot of time and energy on this. So like I like I say in every episode, if you think that the last two hours of conversation was worth just a dollar, I mean, that's all you got to do. So.
0: Yeah, and look if you if you can't support us financially, uh, that's okay. Or if you or maybe you, you've already done that, um, but look, another way that you can support this podcast and all of your favorite independent podcasts is by leaving a review. Reviews are sort of the the coin of the realm when it comes it's to expanding our audience. So if you've not yet left a review, we highly encourage you to do that. You can do it wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, so please give that a shot. Um, and Andrew, listen. As all of our listeners out there, out there in listening land, go off to trick-or-treat right now. We wish them fun and happiness, and we also want them on this Halloween night to get get slayed. slayed.